Hello and welcome to The Hats We Wear. I'm Beth Eichefano and today I am so excited to talk with Amanda Lurs. She is a, a friend of mine that I met through coaching. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, Beth. Excited to be here. Yeah. So the the whole um the whole premise to this podcast is just to talk about the different hats that you wear, the joys in the um struggles that come up as a result of that hat, and most importantly, how you navigate through it and how you've overcome those challenges. So Tell me about what hats you're wearing now. Right now, I am wearing the hat of entrepreneur, um, wife to a small business owner. I am also a mom to a 18-year-old and an almost 17-year-old. And I also wear the hat really that I feel like stands out the most of coach and teacher. Oh, I love that. Okay. So talk about one of those hats, whatever one you want, whatever one you think the listener would learn something from. Um, what hat you think impacts you the most right now? Absolutely. So thank you for asking. By far, it is that of a coach. Um, the work that I do in my particular style of coaching is a blend of mental, spiritual, and physical. And what I mean by that is I feel like people can really come into life feeling very fragmented. Like I have this, like I got to take care of my body over here. And then I have all this stuff I have to think about over here. And I mean, who I am as a person and an essence and a presence that might get pushed to the corner. And so the work that I do with people is to take the three of those and bring them into a whole that serves. In other words, to really bring them together to create momentum instead of the head going one way, the heart going the other way and the body being paralyzed. Like, who do I follow? What do I do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really work to bring those three things together so that we are maximizing our momentum everybody's on the same page. There's no back and forth. Mm -hmm. So when you say what role impacts me the most, that is number one. That is my number one role because that shows up outside of my business. That shows up in who I am as a mom. That shows up in who I am as a wife. That shows up in who I am as I support my husband in his business. That shows up in how I grow my own business. And I think that and when you talk about, you know, um, so maybe some of the conflicts or challenges when yeah. our roles start to maybe feel at odds with one another or feel like they're vying for our time and we, we feel like we don't know how to allocate our time to one or the other. So maybe it's like work vying with family, those two, yeah. hats, those two hats. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I think that's common. For a mm -hmm. lot of people, particularly women and especially women of children, mm -hmm. I think that really becomes relevant um, to their day-to-day -day life and, and how they really know how, how, how. And so what I would like to share with them is a little bit of um, the backstory to how I even got there, because it actually goes right with this conversation, because all of my roles mm -hmm. were at odds with one another. Mm. And those odds 
led me to the coach that to become a coach and do the work that I do. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Whatever you want to share is great. <laughs> so going back, um, several years ago, um, well, I'll just retract that statement. Well, I'll just kind of go back into my background. I am a registered nurse. That is what I am by trade, if you will. Um, I am, um, I've worked in a lot of different settings in a med surge and rural hospital. So there has been, um, med surge, ER, ICU, labor and delivery, um, later in my life, I would be in surgery, endoscopy, um, lesion clinic, things like that. And so I just want to brief that because I was dealing heavily with body. I was also a fitness enthusiast. I'm always trying to take care of myself. And my work was saturated with body, sick bodies, people that need me shift work, mm -hmm. which was in total conflict to the two toddlers that I had. Mm. They'd be coming home for the day. I'd be putting my uniform on and going to work for the night. They would be bawling their eyes out, pulling on my clothes. I'm giving them hugs. It makes me emotional thinking about it and yeah. crying in the car yeah. on my way to work. Well, dad, so you were the three to 11 shift. So I had rotating shifts. So okay. sometimes I worked 11 AM to midnight. Sometimes okay. I worked 3 PM to midnight. Sometimes I worked 6 PM until 6 30 AM. That's tough on your body to have no consistency there. Yes. And so conflict, right? I have mm -hmm. literally held my son's birthday party on the tailgate of a pickup in a hospital parking lot. It's his birthday. The schedule doesn't care. Yeah. What do we do? They came. I took the presents out of my car. We sat on my husband's tailgate. We ate cake with my in-laws. Talk mm -hmm. about a conflict of roles. Mm -hmm. yeah. Patients are sick. Patients are sick in the night. Patients are sick on weekends. Someone has to take care of them. What do you, what do you do? What mm -hmm. do you do? In all of this time, I have always been a very spiritually um, centered person. And at the time, um, kind of some of these earlier years that I'm referencing, I taught a Bible study every week. And I was a full-time Sunday school teacher in terms of, um, like I taught a lot of times in, um, or at least our particular church, there would be rotations where one teacher would teach one month and the next teacher would teach the next month. So I didn't have a partner. So I was also teaching full-time, um, Sunday school to littles and then teaching, uh, Bible study to adults. So there's this really spiritual side of myself who then would go to this job that dealt with the really physical part of the human. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't talk about the spiritual parts in the physical setting. Yeah. So there's conflict right there. So there's another conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Mm -hmm. I can see how this is all coming together. <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I was quite the student and really a lot of my um, spiritual interests um, become a framework for this, but in the power of the mind, and mm -hmm. we hear this mind over medicine, um, you are what you think about, right? We hear, we hear these things. And I felt like in these brief encounters with patients who are sick, I can give several examples, but um I'm going to use one in particular, and then I will bring this back to kind of, I feel like I've kind of left, left us hanging a little bit. We'll put that other part in the parking lot and I'll mm -hmm. kind of show you this. 
I can remember one day I was working in surgery um, to later in my registered nursing career. And it is just busy. It is so busy. We have the surgical um, ORs, and then we also ran the endoscopy suite at the same time. So if you were a surgical nurse, you would float back and forth. You could get pulled at any time because we have um, the authority to give sedation as well. So we're, and there's just roles in the endo suite that an RN is required for. And so we would just be busy, busy, busy. So this is pre-op, operating room. And so in my experience, I worked, um, I could, I did pre-op and I did um, what's called circulating. So the person in the operating room, that's not sterile, but gets supplies to the people who are, uh, I was a scrub nurse. So that means I was actually next to the doctor scrubbed in and doing surgery. And I was also a PACU nurse, which is where you go into recovery. And now most facilities, these are all separate roles, but I did all of them. I, I, I had been trained in all. And so I was versatile. So people would pull me, we need help. We need help. We need help. I would get pulled from place to place. And so in this particular instance, I was walking through, um, our, what we call phase two post-op area. Um, you've kind of graduated. It's time to be with your family and you're getting ready to go home. Mm -hmm. And someone says, we need an RN in this room. Just here's this discharge instructions. And this person needs to leave. I opened the curtain to find a 27 year old man um, in front of me and he, and I have this piece of paper and someone said, go over these instructions with him. And I kind of just got thrown behind the curtain with this paper in my hand. And I'm looking at this gentleman who his parents had been his ride. Of course, you can't drive after you've had um, a surgical procedure. And I'm looking and kind of mentally trying to um, catch up on what I've just walked into. And uh, this gentleman had had a um, EGD. So they went down and looked at his stomach. He had had been having a lot of, um, stomach upset challenges, different things. And I am going over what, this is what they found. And here are some things that you can, uh, do to avoid further symptoms. And one of the things I said is something around, uh, caffeine and that caffeine could be an irritant. And so I said to him, well, you know, um, one of the things you can do is just become conscientious of, you know, the amount of coffee that you're drinking or anything caffeinated, if it's an energy drink or so on. And I, his mom chimes in and she said, so no monsters. And I said, well, they can be really irritating referencing monster energy drinks. Mm -hmm. And apparently this man did not have a job. He was 27 years old. He lived in his parents' basement and he drank four to six of those a day. He had been to the doctor with stomach pain, had been in for a scope, um, the EGD itself. We had diagnosed him. And on this paper that I was handed to relay the instructions to him was a prescription that he needed to stop at the pharmacy to pick up for a particular medication to address this. And not one person in all of this had ever talked to him about caffeine or energy drinks. And we'd gotten this far. Here's an example where now I was referencing the physical, the spiritual, the mental, and the mind over medicine. I so many times felt like if I could have had a 30 minute conversation with this person prior to any of this, look at the cost mm -hmm. and the time that could have been spared. Mm -hmm. And so then I began to look at, but our healthcare system doesn't support 30 minute consultations. 
the way our doctors are absolutely um, expected to operate is in five to 10 increments. Someone doesn't, the doctor doesn't schedule for themselves. Someone else is setting it up and they can be double and triple booked. So you and I, and one other person can all be there nine o'clock. And that person is expected to get to all of us. And so in a five to 10 minute consultation, it's, I have a sore stomach. Um, I haven't, you know, I've tried everything and acids don't help. Okay, well, we're gonna go ahead and get you scheduled for a scope. And so I would often as myself having so much desire to teach, yeah, I want to just think to myself, I, honestly, my internal head talk was give me 30 minutes with you. Give me 30 minutes with them. Let me, let me have them for 40 minutes. Let me have them for an hour. Just let me have them. We don't have a system mm. that supports that. And I would bring more to that conversation than the just antacids. Can we talk a little bit about why you're in the basement? Yeah. What can we do instead, right? And begin to foster the what can we plug in because we're really good at telling people what not to do mm. and we fall really short of helping them plug in the to-do. You're right. You're absolutely right. What made you... Was it just instinct that you mentioned the caffeine? Yeah, just knowing, you know, I kind and of just knowing just, that it would that that it was an irritant. You just mm -hmm. mentioned you might want to cut back on caffeine, and then that opened up a whole nother yes. part of your life. Like, wait a minute, here's another thing, another instance where I can do something, but they're not allowing me. Okay, and so in this instance. I wanted to talk to this person now. Remember, it's so crazy that crazy busy is how I got thrown behind this curtain with this piece of paper. And I don't know if your viewers can see me, but it was kind of like, okay, what am I doing right now? Um, and having this sincere desire to say like, hey, what's keeping you in the basement? Is there something that, does that feel safe? Is there, and you know, and really wanting to, it would have been so much more right now. We're speaking, now we're feeding the spirit. Mm -hmm. And when the spirit is healthy, what's good for the spirit is good for the body. What's good for the body is good for the spirit. Mm -hmm. And then we can, in my opinion, achieve true healing. So part of my journey was the things that I thought about were along the lines of, I work in an environment where we do a lot of soaping, injecting, carving, and medicating, and we do very little healing. And so I wanted to share that backstory with your viewers because my parts were too much at conflict. And that's critical, actually, Amanda. I'm thinking when people, I bet you when most people think about the medical profession, they think about healing. And that was the one thing that you didn't feel like you were actually doing as a nurse was I healing like anybody. That's really interesting. Exactly. And little things that may not seem like anything. For example, um, you know, my lived experience, I spent oh, 12 years in surgery. So a lot of my experiences from that area mm -hmm. in that capacity, we'll go in and we're going to, you know, literal, make literal incisions and use literal tools, right? Your body literally has gone under construction, just like a house, just mm -hmm. like a house same exact hammers drills we have them at a surgical grade but they're the same tools mm -hmm. so we've gone in and done physical pounding or banging or scraping 
or drilling and we bring you out and you go through the process of recovery and towards the end we need to see if you can tolerate fluids and aren't going to be sick to your stomach and you can tolerate food the foods that are put in front of you seven up jello popsicles sugar dyes and artificial chemicals that part of me that was like this is adding insult to injury in short a sugar molecule in the body acts as a sandbar so if you think of your veins as like a dandelion stalk, soft and milky and supple, mm -hmm. if you shoved a, dan uh, excuse me, a sandbird down a dandelion stalk, what would happen to the inside of that dandelion stalk? You get all scraped up. Mm -hmm. It gets torn up. It gets ripped, which mm -hmm. is additional damage for the body to have to repair. Mm -hmm. But if you came out of surgery and the health experts, air quotes for anyone that isn't watching, have given you something blue and filled with sugar, when you got home, would you think that Jello is a perfectly acceptable food to eat? The health, the healthcare people gave it to you. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You need stellar blood flow and healthy veins to get the nourishment to the surgical site for it to heal. So literally the food that we're giving you impedes your healing. If we're giving you the dyes and the sugar and the chemicals conflict in Amanda, mm -hmm. conflict in Amanda, having the, um, mindset of true health, which is holistic combined with spirituality and wanting to honor this suit that I'm in because it's a beautiful manifestation of something more divine and being expected to play a certain role under someone else's rules, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so these three hats clashing and then going home and feeling so stuck that in a sense, my head was still at work, which now impacts the wife mother role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there just came a point where I didn't know if I necessarily had the answers, but I had what I call a South star. I didn't have a North star. Like, what am I going to do? But I knew in my heart of hearts, I knew what I could no longer do and have peace. That's a start. So mm -hmm. yes, which I tell people mm -hmm. often, even if you don't yeah. have a North star, a South star is a start. Like it's, yeah. I don't you know, know what something's not right. You there's dis disruption. You can feel it. That's, yes. a, that's a start. And if anything costs you your peace, friends, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So what did you do? How, well, how did you, well, you took off that nurse hat, at least the, in that setting, that nurse hat, because I believe you're still a nurse. You're still a healer in my, in my eyes, nurses are healers. So it's really that dichotomy of saying that you weren't healing anything was really profound to me because I feel like doctor, I grew up with a mother who was a nurse and a sister who was a nurse. So I always felt like they were healers. So it's very, very interesting to bring that perspective. So you yeah, took that nurse hat off and then what did you, what did you decide to do? Yeah. So interestingly, in all of this, I had worn uh, another role. Um, this um, was prior to, I know, uh, at the beginning of our time here, I had said entrepreneur and wife of a small business owner. Um, 
backing up to the years of nursing and the experiences that I just shared with you. At the time, my husband and I both had, as uh, we were both employees, him for a power company and myself um, as a nurse. And in that time, we undertook a whole house build. And I'm not talking about hiring the contractor. I am talking about the two of us using our four hands to build a home from the first scoop of dirt and excavation to the building up to the finishing touches and putting the locks on the doors. This was my night job. So I would get home from work and we yeah, took on this kids. job and we worked as the general contractor and we were the subcontractor. So we didn't just general this and hire subs. We did the physical work of the job, which put us right into the business world because we interacted with the bank and the title company as the contractor submitting our um our lien releases, if you will, which, but you know, I would spend money and then I would have to put it through title to be reimbursed for this thing on my house. And, and I won't go into all of that. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with that process, but I took on every role of contractor, subcontractor, insurance, title, and banking on top of my other roles. And I was still teaching Sunday school and leading an adult Bible study. So I had to study, right? Like I had to study on my own and I was very, um, very intuitively aware and had an innate capacity to constantly explain the interfacing of things. So people were often coming to me, um, excuse me. So I was taking care of my own body, trying to eat in a way that would support my spirituality and my mental clarity. Um, and I could see how these things tied together in a way that's really special. And so that brought a lot of questions that people, I was the person to go to. People were trying to figure out what to eat or what to do with the kids who weren't listening, or they would have life questions. And I was just a, I was a magnet for those kind of questions. Now I have house builder on my resume as a night job. And, um, in all of this, um, different things. And of course there's probably more than I can ever go into, but the house finished, it took two years and we did it on the nights and weekends and it was in a different town. So we would come home from work, change our clothes, put our littles in the car, drive out to the construction site and work till 10 or 11 at night, go home, go to bed, get up, go to the day job. And we did this for two years. So during this, um, my husband's very talented in many aspects, uh, many different things. And as you were talking about, so the nurse hat was coming off all about this same time. My husband wasn't dropping his employee hat and we were going into a full-time excavating business. So things were really uncertain in terms of he had just left his job. We're talking about insurance benefits, all the things that go with being an employee. Mm -hmm. um, he was walking away from, and my heart, I internally I divinely being led to, once again, I didn't have a North star, but it was becoming more and more clear that where I was, was a South star. Like it, I don't know what it is, but not this and not, this is becoming more and more urgent. And I'm trying to shove it down. Like, no, this is terrible timing. I yeah. mean, I can, I'll put, I'll, I'll continue, you know, I'll just rise up. I'll, I'll do what I need to do. My body was getting really, really sick, really sick. I was aging. Um, I, I probably look much looked much older then than I do now. I was getting very, very sick. Uh, my joints were hurting. I was tired all the time. I had terrible ulcers. My body was saying no. Mm -hmm. 
my body was saying no. And so fast forward, what did I do? That was your original question. So I'm taking off the nurse hat and what did I do? During this house building experience, um, in the two years prior to even the two years of building the house, we had been searching for the ideal property. And in this time, I became very familiar with properties and um, the building industry. My husband was very connected because at the time he worked for the power company. So he would be in new constructions quite often, right, um, before they're finished. And he would be the one giving power to the site, uh, different things like that. So we also then, I was telling you, I became a natural ask for all these life things. Mm -hmm. Yep. Somehow he and I, as a team, would get all these real estate questions. Well, if you ever see a lot that looks like this, or if you ever come across a house that's like this, let me know. And I felt like we were real estate networkers <laughs> on top of all our other roles. I mean, it was just crazy. People would call from family. I mean, friends, you, things you would never, and we'd get all of these like, hey, if you ever come across or let me know if you know anyone doing this. And we were like, so I was very fascinated with property. I live in a very, very beautiful part of the country. It's just gorgeous. I live in um, the Black Hills of South Dakota and they're just mountainous and clean and it's just beautiful, very nice weather. And um, I was very fascinated with all of it. And I loved the business. I absolutely loved the business um, of being in the construction world. It is wild. And nothing about it, think nothing about it would ever work. It is just so interesting. Um, and yet somehow it does. <laughs> and uh, anyone that's ever built a house knows what I mean. You call three plumbers and nobody call, nobody comes. Mm -hmm. You never got a call either, right? And so just mm -hmm. the fact that the whole thing works is just fascinating. Amazing. Yes, yes. Like, how does this even, of the amount of people that don't keep their word and somehow houses keep cropping <laughs> up, this is amazing. Anyways, all of it, um, resource management. I was in love. I was in love with all of it. I had a creative outlet that I didn't have mm -hmm. in my structured nurse job. Mm -hmm. And I got to be the, um, like I said, resource manager. And there was all this creativity and how can we pull this in? And my house has a lot of natural elements, mm -hmm. uh, trees off my own land, our incorporated timbers. Um, beautiful. Really bringing that natural in and, and making it part of my life because nature supports spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so being in my own house then became a spirit feeder. So in this, what was this long, long winded answer to your question? I became a real estate agent. Oh, okay. So I took off the nurse hat and I became a real estate agent. And my husband was um, starting his business and which well, I, starting is a little bit of a um, not quite the right term because what had happened is we were always, I always say we were DIY before it was on TV. We were that young couple that didn't have any money back you know, 20 some years ago when we got married. And we would just figure things out. And a natural byproduct of that was people would say, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? Can I hire you too? And it became so busy. We never said, I'm going to start a business. What happened was we had so many people in our life coming to us, asking for help or asking to hire us mm -hmm. that we literally had to choose between the day job or the side gig that we didn't know was a side gig. You just fell into it. My Literally. husband was working 100, no, this is not an embellished story, 100 plus hours a week. Oof. So back to that conflict, um, we have children, I'm a wife, we, we now, now we're in another hats conflict. Mm. This is fantastic. We didn't know we were looking for it versus the person who's like, I'm going to start a business on Monday. What do I need to do? We yeah. found ourselves in a business saying, 
uh, what are we going to do versus like, are you going to go to work for the power company 40 hours a week or do we need to shift? Mm. So we are in the middle of this shift and I bring all of that together to say that. And then in my real estate career, um, I got some awesome insights into business and I could tell I really loved it and that I really loved it, particularly the real estate. Um, there's freedom and lead generation and that creativity that I got to experience on the construction sites, mm -hmm. um, your project, your time, your terms, and the sky's the limit. I loved that. And in that, I found that I was really drawn to a lot of the, um, like, well, what, what is the word? Almost like in the teacher world, I'll use yours, like the in-services. So if we had a, there might be like a, like a thing on investing or like these different like, little workshops. There we go. They mm -hmm. were being put on. And also for years prior, I had really been drawn to the world of coaching and I live in South Dakota, honestly, to this day, that's just not, people are really not familiar with the term and 15 and 20 years ago, nobody was. And I felt really alone. And I would always say to people like, you couldn't even look it up. I remember looking in the phone book and in phone book, yeah. how many people are going to know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? There was a you don't know before we had the internet, there was a book and you would find the last name and you'd find the number and yes. you'd get on your rotary phone. <laughs> Yes. And the, the yellow pages, right? I would look in yellow pages. And so the yellow pages, always, yeah. Yeah. But was always internally in my brain and there was counselors and I was familiar with that. Mm -hmm. What was always in my mind was I know the reasons that why I'm where I am, right? Like past, like I'm like, I, and we're talking, like I said, Beth, this was minimum 15 years ago that I was having these internal conversations. I want to work with someone who says, okay, that's where you've been. Now, where do you want to go? Now, where do you want to go? I didn't know a single person who knew anything about that. I couldn't have those conversations. I felt very alone. I would read books. Um, and then in the, I don't know what year it was, maybe 2012, 13, when podcasts were really becoming more mainstream, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Now I could listen to podcasts. And uh, so this had always been going in the background. And in the world that I worked in a very, you have to realize that geographically, I live in a very like um, conservative blue collar, it's kind of very agricultural, um, traditional type of surrounding. You go to work and you're thankful for your job. You don't complain, you show up, you're grateful for it. Mm -hmm. um, and I would feel like, wow. I mean, people just didn't know what a coach was. They just didn't. And um, that's just not a real job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all of this is transpiring. So when I got, got into real estate, then, then everybody had a coach, they had production coaches, they had business coaches, they had personal coaches. And it was like, so eye-opening, like this was here the whole time here. I thought that nobody knew about this. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe in a hospital setting, that's just, and I work for the government. So we have another kind of layer of, um, what I would suggest is even more rote versus creative input. Yep. Um, and so all of a sudden it was like a parallel <laughs> experience. It's like in my own area, like people know about coaches, like here this whole time I felt so alone and it was so normalized. 
everybody had their coach and they had a meeting with their coach and we were going to go to production coaching and so-and-so's business coach suggested this. And we have this workshop. And I was like alive, like personal development was like a thing I had done by myself, kind of in the back corner, all yeah. of a sudden everybody does it. Mm-hmm. So fast forward through that with my love for that. Um, I really feel like real estate, that was the role it was supposed to play to be, um, I got to really experience business and then it, I just kept being drawn to the workshops and stuff more than the actual selling the house. I mean, I, I did enjoy that, but I would find myself just gravitating to all these things. And it just became clearer and clearer that all my parts had been preparing yeah. me to put all of them together. And so I want your listener to be really encouraged that I had a severe clashing of hats that caused me to be physically sick. And at one point I had a complete, my body physically shut down so much. So I could not go to the grocery store. I could not get out of bed. It, I tried to push and push in the nursing thing Mm. that I physically shut down for nearly two weeks and I I could not move. Mm. Um, I had to make a different life choice. And so I want them to be so encouraged that A, your body knows what it's talking about and it's on your side. And pay attention. Mine was so lovingly trying to tell me Mm. early on with little things like tired or just not feeling it. My heart wasn't connected. Mentally, I was apathetic at work. I was checking out and doing the bare minimum where you can probably feel my energy now. Usually I'm very engaging and I want to teach mm-hmm. and I let's just talk for three hours. Yeah. That part of me wasn't there. I mentioned earlier that I was very aged. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if your listeners see now, that's not the case. Um, and I, I'm illustrating that as the effects of what goes on mentally, how it shows up in our physical body. Mm-hmm. My spirit wasn't aligned with what I was doing. It didn't feel right about that sugar. It didn't feel right about putting synthetic things in veins just because someone told me to. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to minister to the person, but I was being told to inject them with pharmaceuticals. That felt out of alignment. Now, I, as a side note, I do want to state that I feel very grateful for our medical system and believe it's well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. I feel like it has some missing components to the overall experience of healing. Mm-hmm. It is very, very, um, what a beautiful option that we have such high quality, clean, amazing options when we, when our body needs something, we have right. that. And so many people don't. And, and, and so, um, I'm not speaking to the intention. I'm speaking to the experience of what I felt like were missing components that would have accelerated healing. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they were missing the, the, the mind component and just dealing with the body instead of the spirit and the mind. And that's what they need. And that's what, did you ever feel like that was a, a, a fight that you wanted to try to take on? Or was it just too much that you were like, I don't think I can ever change the system. I feel like I have done more for the system outside of it. I feel like this is my assistance to when clients work with me. Now, this is not a claim. I'm just relaying lived client experiences. Mm -hmm. When they begin to get all their pieces aligned, oh, my my heart and my brain aren't fighting all the time. Mm -hmm. My body's telling me no. And now my brain is actually realizing that that's a legit piece of information. Mm-hmm. What I've experienced with multiple clients is they willingly on their own after working with me have come off of their medications. 
um, blood pressure so medications, are, so you are working anxiety medications. Yeah. I have people who have struggled with their weight for years and years and years will easily lose weight in working with me. I had one woman who was struggling with infertility, spending tens of thousands and thousands and thousands, all the fertility things. We worked on some different stuff with her. That was just her inner stuff. That was just stuffed down. Right. Mm -hmm. She didn't come to me as about her infertility. There was a lot of other stuff. She didn't feel like she had a purpose in her life. She felt really stuck. She hated her job, her circumstances. When we got that stuff kind of cleared out and she started to really realize who she was, mm -hmm. she got pregnant. That baby's one year old now with All no right. fertility. All right. So Amanda, here's the segue. If any of the listeners feel impelled to work with you, how can they, where can they find you? You know, Facebook is the best guys. I'm not super high tech. I'm a pretty down to earth, South Dakota girl, Amanda Lurz on Facebook. It's my personal page. You might see an Amanda Lurz coaching page, but you want to contact me. We're way better off just reaching out on that personal page. Perfect. That that's the perfect note to end on. I so appreciate you taking the time to share yourself. And I know everyone deals with health issues. So you sharing your story, I think, um, is really, really important. And I so, so appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and in directly all the listeners. So thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. All right, everybody. So this was the hats we wear. I look forward to seeing you for the next episode. Everyone take care.